The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, along with Mr. Isaac Simpson. We are here post game after. I don't even know that I would call this a basketball game. <laughs> Grizzlies win one thirty-three to eighty-four. Get back to five hundred on the season. Man, this is a a, a bigger win points wise, but this is definitely not a bigger win than the uh, the win against the Clippers. I, I don't even know what to say about this one, man. Just a I I don't know a good game for the Grizzlies, an awful game for the Rockets one step closer to banking it to 500 by the all-star break. What do you think, Isaac? Are they making it? Are they going to handle business against one of these other two teams to, to stay at the 500 mark? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll find a way to, to, to at least split. Uh, they got a tough game going up to, to Washington on Tuesday night. The Wizards have been playing really, really good basketball. Uh, Russell Westbrook's been on a bit of a tear, so that's going to be a tough one. Uh, some matchup issues there with him and, and Bradley Bill, which they are for anybody, but you got a guy in Justice Winslow, I think that can really help in that department. But just kind of talk about tonight's game. I kind of had this one circle uh, going back to several weeks ago when Houston came in and kind of punched the Grizzlies in the mouth um, in FedEx form. Uh, and I kind of had this circle. I was like, man, I think the Grizz are going to get get them back, and, and they did in a big way. And it was it was needed because it's they needed to win in the division. I mean, they've lost lost the two to the Pelicans, lost to the Mavericks, so they were overdue to one in the Southwest Division, and they. Took care of business tonight. There's no doubt about that. Uh, 49 point victory. I mean, what what else can you say? Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot. Yeah, I, I was watching quite a bit of conversation as to why the Grizzlies lost the first game, and Christian's uh, Christian Wood, his name kept coming up. You know, he that's the game that he went out injured, and he came back yeah. after that. But that that's where he hurt his ankle, and so you know he he had a good game. He was having a good game before he went out injured, but you know, he didn't play a whole lot in the second half. I don't even remember exactly when he went down, but I'm pretty sure it was fairly early in the third, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was early, early in the third quarter, uh, when he went down in that game and uh Grizzlies just couldn't couldn't really get anything going in that game. Houston was just hot all night. You one of those games where you're thinking, well they're they're gonna cool off at some point and they just really never did uh in that game. And another guy that that really hurt him in that game is Jason Jason Tate which he had 14 points tonight, so he still had a pretty decent game, but he really killed the Grizzlies with his strength there. Uh, offensive rebound, putbacks, dunks, tip-ins uh, in that first game. Uh, so, I mean, the Grizzlies really did a fantastic job defensively tonight. I mean, to hold the team to, to 84 points. I mean, 23 of 83 from the field for 27% overall for the Rockets. I mean, just tremendous job on the defensive end. Obviously, anytime you score 133 points, you cook it on the offensive end. As well, it's just one of those nights. Uh, we kind of talked about this before we came on here. Uh, some some nights you just you're going to be better than other team. I mean, you're going to have one of those nights where it just seems like you can't do anything wrong, and it, it, it actually didn't start off there. Where it was kind of ugly in the first quarter a little bit, but once the Grizzlies got going, I mean, they just held it all the way through into the fourth quarter. I mean, we had a, a a whole quarter of garbage time pretty much, which was kind of fun to see some of the young guys, Killian Tilly, coming off the injured list. It was good to see him get in there and knock down a big three. Yeah, I never would have guessed uh, at the beginning of the season that we would see Tilly before we saw Jaron in a game. You know, I, I know that Tilly had, had some history with injuries, but I really didn't expect Jaron to be out this long. I'm not going to, you know, hammer on that too much, but I was glad to see him get out there. And, and it's always fun to watch 
the Grizzlies bench, the first shot that he took, you could tell he had a little bit of adrenaline. (laughs) And it it was terrible. Like I I was sitting on the couch and I'm like, "Uh oh, that's in. And I I put my hands up and he airballed my wife's like, you better put your hands down. That was awful. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. But, you know, the the bench was when he made, when he knocked down that first three, like everybody on the bench was up and, you know, even when he shot that first one, you could see a couple guys. As soon as he caught it in the corner, they they jumped up thinking he was going to make it. But you know, j- just the the whole atmosphere that you see on that bench, these guys are rooting for each other, and it's just a just great chemistry between the guys. So big night. The the bench actually outscored the yeah. Houston Rockets. the The Grizzlies bench had eighty five for a franchise record for bench scoring. The Rockets only scored eighty four as a team. So Big night from the bench players. This is another one of those, like the stat stuffy nights that we talk about with the Grizzlies. You got, what, one, two, three, four, seven guys in double figures. Not your usual suspects. John Morant didn't get in double figures tonight. Dylan Brooks didn't. JV didn't. And yet they still had seven guys in double figures. I know it's weird for you to see. Uh, you you would never think a Grizzlies win a game by 49 points and you got John Morant, DB, and JV all in single single digits you just think there's like no way and that's what you got tonight I mean they didn't need it I mean JV got the four fouls early and really never got back into got much back into the game um still have 6.6 rebounds still even in the 13 minutes he played I mean he was the only person on the team minus one and uh plus minus but it is weird for his team to win by 49 points so those are the three guys that you think would probably have the most points and all those guys in single digits tonight yeah this is I, I guess uncharacteristic, but you know, John didn't like, he was two for eight from the field. Didn't shoot the ball that well, but he was, he did have an impact on the game. He was, you know, three yeah. steals. He was seven assists, passing lanes. Well, you know, he was making great passes to guys. Desmond Bain was playing really well tonight. There were a lot of guys that stepped up. You know, I, I think the one thing for me, and I, and I've been saying all along, I'm not going to, you know, get too high or too low on him this early. I want to watch him get some more minutes under his belt, but justice Winslow, and the the impact that he is making on this team, and I think that you really, you really saw it in that second Clippers game how much they missed him. Yeah. Because in that first game, you know, the, he was on Kawhi Leonard quite a bit, and done a great job. And the Grizzlies just did not have a guy out there that could, you know, if if DB wasn't on the floor, it seemed like everybody else just didn't have what you know they couldn't put any kind of stop to what Kawhi wanted to do. He could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, Winslow, Winslow is just that type of guy that you can deploy off your bench, which I think eventually he's going to be in the starting lineup. I think no doubt about that, especially if his offense continues to click the way it clicks tonight. But that, that's why they brought him here. He's a guy that you can deploy out there on the other team's best wing, and he can can, can not necessarily shut him down because, I mean, Kawhi's going to he's going he's gonna to play well pretty much no matter what, but you can limit him. And you kind of saw that in that first game, the job that he did, him at DB did against uh, Kawhi Leonard. And I think you just saw everything on full display tonight. I mean, putting up 20 points, uh, leading the team and scoring tonight, just knocking down jumpers, hit a hit a three-pointer, uh, just kind of on full display tonight, everything that he can do out there. And offensively with him, you just kind of take his offense uh, as a plus. But I, as I said, and I try to tell a lot of people this, he can score. He's a guy that's a capable three-point shooter. He's not a guy that you want going out jacking up six, seven, eight threes a night, but he's a guy that can knock down if he's open and open and he can get to the basket and, and make some plays there as well. I mean, I'm so excited about his prospects and you kind of think about 
what you can do with him and, and Jared and maybe Kyle on the floor and De'Anthony Melton. You have a, a lot of guys on this team that can wreak havoc with their length and defensive ability. I think it's going to be really fun. And, I mean, just to see Winslow playing this well this early, even the biggest believer in him, in me, I didn't think we'd see a 20-point game for him with this third, fourth game back. I didn't think we'd see that. Um, and you're kind of just seeing that already. So I think the, the sky's the limit uh, for, for him. And I think it's going to be it's going to be fun in the second half. I, I think some not, Jake is going to have some lineups he can throw out there that's really going to cause some problems for the opposing team. Well, if you have if you have Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Justice Winslow, and DeAnthony Melton on the floor at the same Man. time, that that is four good defenders. Yeah, you know, and, and that that you're there's not a team out there that you're going to run into that if you run that lineup out there, you know, I didn't, doesn't even matter who your fifth man is at that point. You've got four guys that can basically switch on to anybody on the floor you know you may may have some problems with some bigger guys like you know big big center or whatever but any wing guys any of the wings you have that that lineup out there if you get a switch they're not getting any you know there's no slack between them you know it's not oh well if i get him switched on to me i'm i'm all right you know he's not a great defender oh yeah that's not the case if you run that defensive lineup out there but you know it's still a little uncertain on which way Jenkins is going to go when everybody is healthy. It looked like Melton was going to be the, the odd man out of the yeah, rotation. You see the game he had tonight. It's like, yeah. how are you going to sit him? I mean, I, I, just, I don't I, know, man. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't, you know, the his shooting has been significantly better this year. And as much as, you know, Grayson has shown what he can do, what he can bring to the floor, he has never – got close to the level defensively where Melton is no. I, that that just it doesn't make any sense to me but you know Taylor Jenkins is a head coach and you know I'm just sitting here doing this podcast so he clearly knows more than me I just don't know that I agree with it yeah it, it is it is strange especially we, we talked about this last time I was on the financial commitment that they made to him over the summer you think well he'd probably be the guy I, I, and I think just kind of looking at this as, as well as Grayson has played he's actually been a little better defensively think, than he was last year. I think when you look at this, if there's an odd man out, I guess it would have to be him in my eyesight, even though I think he deserves to play as well. Uh, Jenkins is going to have a lot of weapons at his disposal. We're going to find out how he's going to deploy these guys. I think it's going to be some, some upset fans no matter which way he goes. I think it's always going to be an argument there about the lineups and things like that. This is kind of fandom and, and how that works. Uh, but I do want to kind of go back to Bain tonight who got to start with Grayson Allen out from concussion protocol. Um, probably his best game of, as a Grizzly, and you would think, oh, well, Bain has a good game. That means he knocked down a bunch of threes. Actually, he was only one of two from three, but, I mean, he did a lot on the defensive end. I think a lot of people kind of question his defense coming in. I mean, he's been really good defensively over the last couple couple games. I mean, he had three steals in the game. Also, 15 points, seven rebounds, an assist, had a block, um, two or two from the free throw line, plus 38 to, to lead the team tonight. Um, in plus minus. I mean, he was fantastic tonight. Um, and I think it's really good to see him affecting the game outside of knocking down three pointers to see him playing defense like that and getting steals. I think it was really fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. That, that's, uh, you know, he- heading into it. I think those of us that done our research knew what he's, what he was capable of coming in. And it, it's great to see that showing up on the floor, you know, like you, you can, project okay this guy this is what i think this guy is going to do but you never really know until the rubber meets the road yeah. and uh, you know he he's just 
getting out there and, and doing what he needs to do, being involved. And, you know, even in, in the, in the garbage time, he was running the point there and I'm completely fine with that. There's been times where he's looked a little bit shaky dribbling the ball. Not very often, you know, I'm, it's not something that's a big concern for me, but I think, you know, if he's going to be a, uh, a primary ball handler with, with any part of the rotation, that that's something that he will need to work on. And, and you know, with his work ethic, I don't think that that's going to be an issue. But great things from him, you know, especially where the Grizzlies got him. I still find it hard to believe that he fell that far in the draft, but I'll take it all day long. Yeah, I, I, I know Boston is kicking himself right now because I think they, they went with Naismith, um, who I think, Bain is showing at least right here early that he's the better of the two kind of similar type players in college. But Bain is really, I think, kind of stepped in front of uh, of that pairing. And I'm sure Boston wished they had Desmond Bain right now, probably instead of Naismith. But uh, really glad the Grizzlies were able to able to get him. Uh, it's kind of kind of rare that I like have an idea of something I want them to do when it actually comes to fruition. So that was kind of kind of fun to see. Um, and and I, I think the sky's the limit for him. And again, it's really good to to see him impact the game outside of knocking down threes. Uh, nothing BC with a big night tonight. Really big off the bench. Double-double 16 and 12. Uh, a fist at 7 and 9 from the field. Uh, plus 28 and 9 in 21 minutes. I mean, it's uh, another big night for him, man. And he, he he's a, another guy that you love to see when whenever he has a really big game this, or a really good game, this team usually plays well. And you saw that. I mean, the bench was just incredible overall tonight. I mean, all these guys be at 85 points off the bench. Uh, Stones with 13 points. Um, you just had a fist and knife from guys. Dean came in and scored 12 points in nine minutes. I mean, it was, it, it was just fun to watch this team tonight and, and just see everybody play well. And, and again, we, you talked about the bench and the chemistry on this team. It's just when these guys are in, when they went in garbage time, these guys were loving it from the bench and seeing these guys in making plays. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really good. You know, I like said, we, we kind of touched on it last time, but, but Tyus and, and where he was, you know, a couple weeks ago to where he's been these last few games. And this is, in order for the Grizzlies team to be successful, you're going to need this Tyus Jones to show up, you know, as often as possible. You know, if he was this consistent all the time, he'd be a starter somewhere instead of a backup. But knocking down shots, having his way with the offense, he's always going to take good care of the ball. He, He never turns the ball over very much. But, you know, just knocking down the shots whenever they're open, when they're leaving him open, you got to have him being efficient on the offensive end for this Grizzlies team to be good. Definitely. Uh, but again, he's another one of those guys when he comes off the bench and plays well, that's usually a really, really good sign for this team. And, and tonight was a, a night that he did just that. Uh, maybe 13 points. He knocked down three or three from three. Uh, it only played 16 minutes um, in a game and was able to knock down three threes, 13 points. I mean, and I like, uh, I actually like, I mean, he, he's not a shooter, but I like the confidence that he shows in that shot. Because usually when he takes them, they're usually good three-pointers. And I, I don't mind guys taking rhythm three-pointers. He's a guy that can knock those down when, when they're open. Um, and, and he did that tonight. And I like the kind of the aggressiveness for him there. Uh, so really good, really good night to him for him. But you kind of uh, look at these stats. I mean, Houston only makes 23 shots, 23 of 83 from the field for – 27.7%. I mean, it's some crazy stuff. Only a 445 from three uh, for, for 8.9%. Actually shot more free throws than the Grizz. They shot 41. Grizzlies only shot 28. So uh, big rebound tonight for the Grizz, 56-38, which you kind of expected that going in. Um, I, I kind of thought this was a game where JV would dominate, but they did not having Kristen Wood in there. He 
wasn't able to do that because he picked up the four fouls, but still in this short minute, six six. So I think it kind of shows the kind of game he probably would have had uh, if he was able to play uh, a significant amount of minutes. Yes, Sam and I talked about that on the uh, the preview show of you know these next two matchups, this this one, and then going into Washington, they don't really have a good matchup for JV, so he should have big games, and he didn't tonight, obviously, because of the foul trouble. Started off strong. He started off three for four from the field. He was, he had six points and three rebounds in the first quarter, and then the foul trouble just ate him up, and you know that's unfortunate because I think he definitely could have had – this is a game where he could have went off. This could have been a, a 20-20 game relatively easy for him because Houston just doesn't have a body to compete with his size and strength down low. Yeah, uh, I def- definitely think that's the case. And the same thing, like you said, going into Washington, Mo Wagner is uh, the guy that they, they're starting to center right now. I'm looking at their box score. He didn't even score tonight uh, in 13 minutes. They took a one-point loss to Ed Boston, so they're going to be coming home uh, looking looking for a win, man. Bradley Beal, 46 tonight. Westbrook, 24-11. So, I mean, they're, they're Bertans, 20 off the bench. Uh, Lopez with 10 off the bench. So, I mean, they, they, got, they can put some points on the board. That's going to be – Interesting matchup. I think it's going to be fun to to see Winslow, uh, kind of, because I'm sure that's kind of a guy that they're going to kind of deploy on Bradley Beal, and I think that's going to be a fun watch up matchup to watch on Tuesday night. Sure, yeah, and that that's going to be like the, the defensive matchup between those two, and then you know, with everybody that's healthy right now for the Grizzlies, and Jenkins has already said that Winslow's going to play these last three games before the break because they have breaks in between the games, so he's going to be able to rest in between, and that that's going to be good. For him, I, I, I'm really excited defensively for how the Grizzlies are going to match up with Westbrook and Bill. And that, you know, guarding those guys without fouling is going to be key. That they're really good at getting you off your feet and, you know, initiating that contact. So DB, Winslow, Melton, those guys are going to have to, to bring their A game if they're going to, you know, guys like that, you don't really stop. You just try to make it hard. And they're, they're really going to have to step it up against them for sure. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy game at all. And then you come back home, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks, and we know that's tough. Anytime you're going up against Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's and that team and their firepower they have there. But I think if the Grizzlies can find a way to get one of those last two and they go to break 500, I mean, I think that's just fantastic. If they were able to win somehow, win both of them and go into the break over 500 with the injuries they've had and the adversity they had, I think even if you if you had told me when John went out that they would be anywhere in the stratosphere. Uh, of 500 going to the break, I would have said you were crazy at that point. Um, I, I, I was kind of optimistic before then, but once John went down, I was like, man, this is going to be a disaster. I'm pulling up Tankathon. We're going to see what, what, what's going on on a nightly basis. And they, they just haven't let go of the rope, man. They've been able, they've had some some down patches, but they've been able to, to come back and get wins and, and keep this thing together. And I, I know that second half is, is schedule is tough, but I mean, you got to like the parts that this team have right now, the different pieces they have. I mean, especially at the wings and the defense that Justice can play. And you got Jaron coming back, you think, after the break and what he brings to this. I mean, this team is really talented. I, I think this team, even with that schedule, I think if, again, and, and I've, I've kind of made my thoughts, not going to get into at here too much about front office and the resting guys and kind of how I feel about that. But I think this team has so much depth that I think that they'll be able to, to make it out of this despite that. And I think they're going to end up in the top 10 uh, when it's all said and done. 
man, we got time. Go ahead. Let, let, let's let's talk about that a little <laughs> bit. We, we got some time tonight. This game, you know, generally we, we jump into the box score a little bit more. We have a little bit more to critique about the game. But just with this game being so lopsided, let's go ahead. Let, let's talk about realistically. What are your expectations for the Grizzlies the rest of the season? What What do you think if there's no kind of load management type stuff? What do you think that they could realistically do? Man, honestly, when when I look at when I look at the Southwest Division, uh, you you got the, the San Antonio at the top right now. We saw how the Grizzlies went out there and dominated them to back in two back to back nights. Uh, really went up there out there and put it out on San Antonio. Um, you got Dallas, who's well, we're playing a little bit better lately, but they've they've had their struggles, and the Pelicans seems like they struggle pretty much against anybody except the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies have as good a chance of any of these teams to to win the Southwest Division. I, I think that's a realistic goal. I know that sounds crazy in, in year two of a rebuild, but the way this season is setting up, I, I think they're good enough to do that. I don't think San Antonio's a better team than them, and I don't think Dallas is a better team than them. I mean, Pelicans somehow seem to have their number. I think the Grizzlies overall, especially when they're healthy, when they're playing against other teams, for somehow I think the Grizzlies are a better team. For some reason, they can't get over the hump against them one-on-one, but I think the Grizzlies are the better team. So I just think they have an opportunity to win this division. And I think when you kind of look at the situation, and people, anytime I talk about this on Twitter or whatever, people are like, oh, well, you're saying they're not tanking, and that's not what it is. I don't think – I think tanking – as a, that's an organization mindset where you have to say, well, we don't care at all about winning games. We're just, we're going to try to go as lean as possible and just try to get a top five draft pick. I don't think that's what they're doing. I just think this front office is so long-term focused that at times they will make certain moves that, that are, det- are detrimental right now. I don't think it's that if they end up making the playoffs, I think they're fine with that. And if they don't, I think they're fine with it. And I just kind of think this team is far enough along now to where, I think they should care whether this team kind of gets into that play and make the playoffs. And I think sometimes they care. They're looking more about the towards the future, which is something they should be doing. But I just think they kind of need to rein it in a little bit and think a little bit more about this year because I think this team is that talented. And I think this team can do some, do a little bit of damage. I think they can can make it make the playoff and, and and see what happened. And I don't think you could discredit the experience that a young team. You get a guy like John Jaron, even if they get swept um, in the playoffs, just have that mentality it makes them hungry, uh, makes them want more to get a touch, taste to play our basketball. And I think that would be really good for this team and their development going forward. So are you on the side of you would rather see them make the playoffs and get a mid first round pick? Like make the playoffs, get swept out of the first round and get a mid first round pick as opposed to, and I'm not a I'm not a fan of the tanking, like the trust the process stuff in Philadelphia. I know what it brought them as far as draft picks, but you know it hasn't really brought them much playoff success. To be honest, you know the if Kawhi misses that shot, maybe they go to the finals. Yeah. Who knows? But it overall, to me, my goal for the Grizzlies when they are competing in the playoff, I don't want to be a second round exit. I want to have a legitimate shot as a team. I want the Grizzlies as a team to have a legitimate shot of winning a championship. And, you know, it's being small market, signing a free agent. There's a lot of moving parts whenever it comes to that. And then 
you know, th there's trades. We, we talk about trades and, you know, they, they have pieces that they can move. They're still trying to figure out which guys are going to fit, which guys are not going to fit and what they want to do with that. But giving up uh, a key part to this team to land what you would think is the piece to get you to that next level may end up being what you're missing in order to get to that championship level. And so for me, like I get where you're coming from. Like you want them to win because you think that the team is capable of it. Yeah. And, and, and I would love to see them make the playoffs. I'm like, I'm all about it. I want to see playoff basketball. I'm, I'm going to watch playoffs anyway, but I would love to see the Grizzlies there. But also like on the other hand, because of the talent that's at the top of this draft, I'm like, man, you know, they may be able to get that other piece to go with this core out of the draft rather than having to give up a guy like Brandon Clark or, you know, whoever else. And in order to try to bring a piece in because the free agent market is going to be tough with it being a small market. Well, my, my thing about that is like, I think even organically, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think they're going to be at the very bottom of the lottery. Now you can always, have luck. I mean, they got jumped up to number two. I mean, they weren't at the bottom of the lottery, but they jumped up to number two to get Java Red. So that's always a possibility. But I'm I'm not optimistic that even if they make the miss the playoffs, I think they will probably end up with the, the a low draft third, twelve, thirteen, fourteen pick. I think probably at the bottom of the lottery. Um, and that's just kind of. And I don't know if there's a big difference between picking 12, 13, 14 versus picking, especially in this draft, picking sixteen, seventeen to twenty. I don't think that there's a lot of guys right there in the middle that are kind of all at that same level. So I think you might be able to kind of have your cake and eat it too. You make the the bottom of the playoffs and have a, a mid-round draft pick, I think might end up being similar to what would happen even if you, you didn't make the playoffs. That's kind of my thinking of it. I think I would rather take, if it organically happens, they make the playoffs. I think I would kind of rather take that than, than thinking that they're going to jump up in the lottery because I don't think this team is, they're not going to be a top five Bottom five, bottom five, depending on how you look at it, uh, team, no matter what. I just think they're too talented for that, even with this schedule. I think they're still going to win a lot of games, even if they miss the playoffs. So that's just kind of kind of my thinking. I understand that. If they can – this draft is so fantastic, man. If they could get into the top of this draft, if I knew they could get into the top of this draft, I might even have kind of a, a different opinion on, on, on what I'm saying. But that's, the, that's just kind of where I am on it. Yeah, I mean, the teams that are below them in, in the standings right now, if you look in the in the West – the only team that I think has a realistic chance to, to even come close to getting above them moving forward is the Pelicans. Pelicans but like yeah. you said, against anybody else except for the Grizzlies, they just don't look that good. And I, I don't understand that. Yeah, they, I don't know. They were losing to the Pistons the other night, and the Pistons didn't even have Jeremy Grant playing. They ended up coming back. I think they, they ended up winning the game by yeah, 10. Yeah, they did win. You know, like they, they turned it around. I'm like, how are you even letting this team play with you right now? And then, you know, the I, Grizzlies have kind of done the same thing with teams that they should just, they should beat them, and then they don't. So, I, like, I get that side of it. But, yeah, it, it's, they're, they're not going to fall below. Minnesota is tanking. That, yeah. like, that's just what they're doing. Houston, it, their roster composition is just weird right now. They're just in a weird state. You know, you lose a superstar in James Harden. And, you know, Russ goes, so now you're just – you got a whole hodgepodge of stuff going on with them. So they're not moving up. The Kings had a hot spot, like a, a hot streak there, and then now it's the, the wheels have fallen off in Sacramento. 
So you know they're they're not they're not coming up above them. And then the teams in the East that are that are down there, who knows what's going to happen with them? Man, the East is just so weird. Yeah, it's weird. You know that that's Washington was down there for a little while, and then they you know they're seven and three in their last ten, and and they've they've come back up. And the Hawks have put together a roster with the intentions of making the playoffs. And they're they're on the outside looking in right now. It, it it's just yeah you know I, I I agree with you on that part that it's going to be really tough for them to get in the top. They're going to have to get lucky in the lottery in order for that to happen. And you know there are there, there's a ton of talent in this draft. There's guys that could definitely you know move the needle even even in the you know sixteen to twenty range. So that's that's something that. And with what this front office has done in the draft over the last couple of years, I think that, you know, as Grizzlies fans, maybe we should show a little more faith and, you know, hey, if, if they do make the playoffs, we're falling back further in the draft. But, you know, look at Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman and Brandon yeah. Clark. You know, look at those guys that they got the talent that they found later in the draft and uh, just have some faith in them. Yeah, because, I mean, this team has drafted so well over the last couple of years. I think you – Kind of, kind of trust this front office and in, in finding guys, especially there in the mid mid first round. I think you think they'll they'll find somebody there. But I think, and and the thing about it is, I don't. I'm not on the train where I think they should go to trade deadline and just kind of blow their assets and try to make a a right now move. I don't think they should do that at all. I think they I think they should straddle the fence, so to speak. I got to put an analogy on Twitter the other day. I think they should kind of have one foot on on both sides. I don't think they should just go all in and say like, let's see what we can do to bring this guy in and see if we can make a run this year. I'm not on that, but I, I just think that, that sometimes they, they're kind of a little bit too forward-thinking. But, um, man, change the, the subject a little bit. Uh, what, what did you think about the, the Oladipo stuff? I want to get your opinion on that, not turning down a two-year extension. Uh, you know, I, he has said in the past that he wants a long-term deal. He's looking for a long-term deer. So it doesn't really surprise me a whole lot that he turned it down. And I feel like he wants to play somewhere where he's going to win, or at least he's got a shot. And it's pretty obvious that this Houston team is going to be at a minimum, at least a couple years away that the John wall contract is going to keep them tied up for a little while, just because of the size of it. They're not really going to be able to move that. Maybe once it becomes expiring, if he stays healthy, they can move him to a playoff team for somebody possibly, but uh, it didn't really surprise me at all. I was trying to go back and find, uh, do you remember in the bubble where he was, he tweeted at the Grizzlies. He's like, Hey, can I come play with y'all? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, man, <laughs> if they, Sam and I actually done a show uh, about Oladipo and bringing him to Memphis. I would, I love him. And I, I watching back in OKC, my son's favorite player is Westbrook. And so, you know, I'm, I would watch games with him. And so I watch Oladipo when he's there in OKC with Westbrook. I'm like, man, that dude is good. And he's had some injury issues. He's a little bit older than what the core is, but he's a guy that I think in free agency that they may legitimately have a shot at getting without having to give up a ton of assets. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I don't want them to make a, a big move for, like, don't try to rush it. Look how that's working out for Atlanta. It's not working out all that well for yeah. them. You know, it's still early in the season; they can turn it around. But I just don't think that what they've done is it. Um, yeah, not not surprising. I. It's going to be interesting to watch to see if Houston actually tries to move him again before the break. I wonder if uh, if somebody tries to make a move and and 
get him away from the Rockets and the Rockets try to get some more assets for him. Yeah, there are rumors that they are open to moving him by the by the deadline. I, I think with him, I think if I were him, I probably would have taken the money. I don't I don't know if he's gonna get I think that'd be something like twenty two point six on average over the two years. I don't know if he can get that on the open market because that's because of his injury history. I, I like him as a player. If if it wasn't for his injury history, I'd love him as a player. That's kind of the only thing that kind of draws me back from him. But I, I just don't know if he's going to get that. But I just think he wants to be somewhere else. Like you said, I don't think he wants to be in Houston the next two years. And I think he wants to go somewhere where he can win. And I think, like you said, the way you just looking at that situation with Houston, I, I don't think that's going to be a situation to where you're going to win for the next few years at least. I think it's going to be a while that John Wall contract is just such such an anchor for them. I just think they're going to have trouble just getting any better. Um, I think they're just kind of kind of lucky that Christian Wood has just kind of turned in what he's turned into. I think that helps them a little bit, but I, I think they're going to have some issues down there in Houston. It's weird thinking Houston is not a, no longer a destination because you've kind of thought about that city and that team when James Harden was there and the guys wanted to play there, and now it's just not that anymore, so that's just kind of weird, but it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with him, but I, I, I think theoretically he would be a good fit next to, to Jai and Jared and, and the part of that three-headed core there, but I, I just don't know. I wouldn't want to pay him a lot of money just because of his injury history. Yeah, yeah, I get that completely. And it's so crazy to even say this because of, of the history with the Grizzlies, but is it really a wing that they need right now? Do, do they really need a wing? That's the interest. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. You got you you have you have Melton, you have Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Justice Winslow. You have that's four legitimate NBA wings right there. And I'm not, you know, like I don't think that any of those guys are at the level that that Oladipo is. Winslow may be able to get there. Maybe Dylan gets there. You know, who knows what the future holds? You know, development those guys may eventually get to that level. But right now, just guessing, I would say that they, they, they probably don't. But, you know, for the longest time, that's the Grizzlies. Oh, they're just a, a good scoring wing away from being a contender. And I don't know that that's the case right now. I, I think that, you know, because of Jaron's style of play and what he brings to the court, that may not be exactly what they're looking for in order to take it to the next level. Yeah, that that is a, a question. When I when I kind of I do a lot of draft evaluation, I'm a big draft guy, and when I'm looking at the board, I'm just thinking. You look at these wings, and you're thinking, okay, if they draft this guy, like I'm a big Corey Kispert guy, the guy elite shooter for for Gonzaga. But you think about, okay, you just drafted Bain. I mean, you got Grayson Allen right now. You got all these Del- Anthony Melton. You got Justin Winslow. If they draft him, how is he going to get on the court? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, you, there's there's no room for any more wings and. I think that just kind of goes back to my point that I've kind of talked about over the last couple of weeks is they have a lot of real they have a lot of good players. Most teams have you they 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 depend on all these guys to consolidate to be just kind of different things for them. And most teams have one guy that one or two guys that can do that. They have like five or six guys that they depend on to to do all these different things for them. And that's kind of what the roster is right now. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with this going forward. Are they going to keep all these guys? Or are they going to move off some of them and just kind of kind of consolidate them into one or, one or two players? How, how are they going to handle this? And that, I think that's a big question for this team going forward. But I think it's a good problem to have because I think they have a, probably one of the best collection of wings overall, probably in the NBA. 
I mean, their depth is just off the charts right now, especially when you add Winslow and when you see what he's doing right now. Yeah, and, you know, Killian Tilly, his upside, man. Yeah, I like like it. Unbelievable shooter. And and that's, you know, I think he was one for two tonight, one for three maybe. I I got my stats. I somehow closed them. See where's he at? Uh, Yeah, one one for two from three, yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, I mean, small sample size, obviously, but injuries are the thing that kept him from getting drafted. And I think if he doesn't have injury issues – with the way that he can shoot the ball in his size, he's easily first round talent. I, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, I think so. maybe mid late first round, but still it's there. And that's why, I, you know, you, you see, I wanted to, you know, like I was going to retweet and let Joe think what, you know, the bill to bill thing that, you know, you see a bunch of Grizzlies fans yeah. and, and the trade machine of bill to bill. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys, you guys have no idea what the Grizzlies are going to have to get up to no. get, get, get him here. I mean, you just got to gut your assets to get to get him yeah. here. And it's, and, and, and to it's think about not worth it, man. It's yeah. just not. And not even close. And, and then it, it kind of died down, and I didn't hear about it for a while. And then all of a sudden, Joe tweeted something the other day, and you started seeing it again. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Joe, I'm going to shoot you, man. I thought we were past all of this, but here we go again with it. Yeah, I mean, you make that deal, and you're – six, seven in the West, and you're looking like, I mean, we're done. We capped out. We can't do anything else. Like, are you going to get better? Is this not the move to make? I just don't think, again, Bill, what, 28, 28 right now? I mean, he doesn't quite line up. He's a little bit older than, than John Jarrett, and I, I just don't think he puts puts you over the top. I mean, I think that would be a rush move, a move to just bring a guy in and say, oh, well, we got Bradley Bill, um, and, and, and we got an all-star, bringing an all-star, and I don't think he's the guy that puts you over the top. I think you need to be more patient than that. I think that would be, a, and that's the kind of thing I'm saying. I don't want, even though I would like them to just kind of let what happens this season happen. If they organically make the playoffs, they make it. I, I don't want them to go out and make a move like that. I think that would be a best, big mistake because then you would be all for the now. And I think they should have, again, one foot on this side of the fence and one foot on the other. And that would be all in right now. And I just don't think that'd be the move to, because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. They got a lot of assets. They got a lot of draft capital, second round picks, a lot of different things. They can do. They're going to have some cap space. Uh, so I, I don't think you should go all in on a move like that right now. Again, I think that would be a big mistake. I think this year and next year for me, seeing what you have with the guys that, that are here, you, you've got Gorgie with the expiring contract, and I hate to just let that expire and miss out on the value yeah. of that and not get any assets back. So I do think that they make a move there. Yeah, I, I do definitely think flash, But – if you kind of if you look back to the way that Golden State, the way that they built their dynasty, that that's yeah. When KD went there, obviously that's huge. But they were a fantastic team before he got yeah, there, for sure. And so th- that was all done through you know it was being smart and drafting the right guys, getting the right pieces in place. And I I just. I hope that that's, you know, so far that's what it looks like the Grizzlies are doing, and I hope that they continue to do that rather than try and, you know, at some point rush a process. And, you know, it's fun to do the trade. I, I do the trade machine stuff. I'm looking around, and we were talking about Oladipo, and the first thing that hopped in my mind is like, hey, you know, the Grizzlies have some assets that they can move to get him. You know, Gorgie with the, the contract that he yeah. has, you know, I don't have it pulled up right here, but I'm sure – that they could, you know, plug a couple guys in and uh, 
and it, it would make it would make plug, yeah yeah I was gonna say it would make sense for Houston too I mean you get that uh, salary cap relief which is something a team that's gonna be real building going forward it makes a lot of sense for him to get a draft pick in there uh, maybe another wing that you add with with Gordon a couple other other players I mean it would make sense for them uh, I mean I don't know if they would go for it but again like you said it would make some sense I, I do think that they move Gordon you just can't let that the contract expired not get anything for it even if you have to move him off and if worse come to worse you get a second round pick i think you gotta gotta move off him um yeah. and, and pick up an asset for that but who knows i mean this team has a lot of flexibility but again i just think they then in that vein i think they need to be patient right now not not rush to do anything if, unless it's something that really makes a lot of sense long term if you think you can bring a guy in like a zach levine or something right now you can get him for a reasonable price and he's a guy that's you don't have to gut your team for you know if if you can get a deal like that, I think you pull the trigger. But outside of that, if it doesn't make sense long term, you're thinking, uh, what, what, what sense is this? What is, how is this going to look three, four years down the line? If it doesn't, right. you don't know. If you're not sure that it's going to make sense three or four years down the line, I don't think it's a move that you need to make. Yep, agree completely, man. Well, I don't even know how long we've ran. It feels like we've been a while yeah. now. But man, I appreciate good, good conversation, guys. man. Well, it, it is, man. It is hundred percent. We're going to get out of here, though. I, it's getting late. I'm sure Isaac's got to work in the morning. I got to work in yeah. the morning. Big win for the Grizzlies. 133-84 final score. Moving back to 515-15 on the season. Next game is Tuesday in Washington. We'll be back for that one. Thanks for tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at HoopballGrizz. I'm at DWO2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore Rivals. Holler at us. We are on Twitter. Isaac is on there more than I am, but we're, we're both <laughs> on there quite a bit. We will uh, happily engage in Grizzly's conversation and pretty much anything else. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.